This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it is your show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites, and we give it all away at freetalklive.com. We'll start out with the military tonight here, uh, a new weapon that they've developed, according to Wired News. The crowd is getting ugly. Soldiers roll up in a Hummer. Suddenly, the whole right half of your body is screaming in agony. You feel like you've been dipped in molten lava. You almost faint and uh, faint from shock and pain, but instead you stumble backwards and then start running. To your surprise, everyone else is running too. In a few seconds, the street is completely empty. You've just been hit with a new non-lethal weapon that has been certified for use in Iraq. Even though critics argue there might be unforeseen effects. Now, why on earth would the military care about unforeseen effects Well, on Iraqis? They're lesser people. It's, I, I think it's good in some ways. Um, for instance, you know, in, in an area where in a, the army might have gone in and just mowed down a group of civilians. Mm-hmm. Now they'll... Uh, you know, have the opportunity not to hurt anybody, not really hurt them, um, or at least not hurt them so right away. So we know. We're not sure. But I think it's going to get used like the taser. Do you understand? The taser's currently, you know, like cops think to themselves, I get to use this weapon and it doesn't kill people. It doesn't right. have the ramifications that my pistol does. Right, because you've got to be careful when you're a cop. And, and even in the case of uh, the military in Iraq, you still can't just shoot anybody you want to, at least if the conditions are right. And so, basically, this is going to allow them to shoot more people more often, basically, right? Well, they're not going to shoot anybody. Shoot them with these death rays, oh, um, or whatever to, the heck they are. Yeah, they're going to, you know, if, if a crowd is doing anything that they don't like, they're going to use this. Yep. And they're going to use it a, a lot. And this is coming home. That's the part that I think you're absolutely right about. It's only going to be a matter of time before this weapon is in the streets of the United States. According to documents obtained for Wired News under federal sunshine laws, the Air Force's Active Denial System, or ADS, has been certified safe after lengthy tests by military scientists in the lab and in war games. The ADS shoots a beam of millimeters waves. (laughs) The, The military officials have declared it safe. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I want to see UL declare it safe. Right. <laughs> which are longer in wavelength than X-rays, but shorter than microwaves. 94 gigahertz compared to 2.45 gigahertz in a standard microwave oven. The longer waves are thought to limit the effects of the radiation. If used properly, ADS will produce no lasting averse effects, say the military. Documents acquired for Wired News using the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, claim that most of the radiation... 83% of it is instantly absorbed by the top layer of the skin, heating it rapidly. So, you know how microwaves work, right? When you put food in the microwave, mm-hmm. uh, it shoots these little, as they put it, 2.45 gigahertz uh, wavelengths at it. And uh, it shoots a bunch of them. And essentially that makes the water molecules in whatever food product that you have in the microwave vibrate. Okay. And they vibrate to the point where they get hot. You know, because motion, friction, uh, vibration of atoms and all that. They get they get hot, and that's why your food gets hot. And that's why if you put in something that's bone dry into the microwave, it, the microwave isn't as uh, as effective with it. And it gets, like, hard and stuff. It's right. not good. Right. So you've got to have something moist. Well, the same thing is now going on here, except at a reduced, uh, a reduced wavelength at 94 gigahertz. They're shooting 
something similar to microwaves at your skin, at your body. And, and your skin is getting hot as a result of it. And microwaves are bad for you. I'm sure of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. The uh, the beam <laughs> is that why you can't turn the thing on unless the door is closed. That's correct. Yeah, that's exactly why. That's why you aren't supposed to defeat that uh, grill that's on the front. You know how you look at the front of your microwave and there's those little holes for you to see through. Well, that grill is just the right size to block those waves from getting out of the microwave. You ever notice that? No. Go look at your microwave. There's not a clear plastic plate on the front for you to just see right in. Right. You're looking through little teeny holes. little holes. Uh-huh. That Those holes are s- small to the point where those microwaves cannot escape that box. I see. That's interesting. Yes. Um, you know, on a side note, uh, you know, my wife used to be a drug treatment counselor. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, she and her uh, – in, in her work, she, she came across a gentleman who uh, used to get high by microwaving his head. Whoa, man. Yeah. Like, you really, really want... I mean, this just goes to show... Oh, wow. ...that people will do what it takes to get high. Whoa. He essentially defeated the, uh, the well, door-closing like mechanism. Stick a yeah, butter stick a knife, knife in, in there. there. Stick wow. a butter knife in there, stick your head in there, and microwave your head for Holy a minute. Crap. What a really bad idea that is. Be- <laughs> Was he uh, pretty uh, zonked after that? I mean, my, she she described him as one of the stupidest person, yeah. people she'd ever met. What kind of doses was he taking? I, not very long was the terminology. The beam produces what experimenters call the goodbye effect or prompt and highly motivated escape behavior. In human tests, most subjects reach their pain threshold within three seconds. Pain threshold, Mark. That sounds pretty extreme. Yeah. And none of the subjects could endure. I, you know, I've experienced the most painful experiences of my life, and I'm sure that I haven't gone to the end of what I can experience. The threshold? Yeah. The beam, by the way, uh, subjects could not endure. None of them could endure more than five seconds of this. So Your wonder, skin is melting. When they say you, they couldn't endure it, I mean, what, what were the uh, motivations to endure it? I mean, uh, what's... What? Well, they were the test subjects was, you know, see how long you can stand this. Well, I, you know, I, I would... Before you have to run away. I would quickly not be able to stand it if I was feeling pain and I was a test subject. Mm-hmm. I would just wonder, you know, if I was getting a million dollars, how long could I um, endure it? I don't know. I don't know either. It will repel you, one test subject said. If hit by the beam, you will move out of it reflexively and quickly. I bet that's true. You for sure will not be eager to experience it again. But while subjects may feel like they've sustained serious burns, the documents claim that effects are not long-lasting. At most, quote, some volunteers who tolerate the heat may experience prolonged redness or even small blisters, the Air Force experiments concluded. The reports describe an elaborate series of investigations involving human subjects. The volunteers were military personnel. So you might imagine the, the motivation then, Mark, for uh, you know these big, tough military guys to, yeah, I can stand this. You know, this would yeah. be a competition between them to see who could... Hack at the longest. Uh, reserve or retired or active who volunteered for the tests. They were unpaid, but the subjects would, quote, benefit from direct knowledge and that an effective non-lethal weapon system could soon be in the inventory. So, hey, guys, step on up and, and uh, volunteer for this, and you'll feel good that soon we can zap people with microwaves. Bzz. In more than 10,000 exposures, there were six cases of blistering and one instance of second-degree burns in a laboratory accident. The I thought second-degree burns was blistering. I don't know. 
Okay. Uh, so anyway, the uh, ADS was developed in complete secrecy for 10 years at a cost of $40 million. It is uh, apparently at this point ready to deploy. So they're going to go over and try it out on the Iraqis. And then uh, it's whenever martial law is imposed here in the United States, which the Defense Authorization Act of 2007 has has authorized, essentially uh, abolishing, ha- um, not habeas corpus, abolishing uh, the... The military in the streets thing. Oh, oh um, posse comitatus. Out. Uh, posse comitatus, yes. So now the military can be used in United States cities. And um, you can you can imagine that they might uh, they might bring this thing out, use it, on, use it on crowds, unruly people, that sort of thing. People, uh, you know, exercising their First Amendment right yeah, to people uh, they don't like. gather and War and protest. protesters. Yeah. That's Let's go to stuff. the phones. Let's talk to Matt in Israel. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey. What's on your mind? Uh, first of all, I deserve a congratulations. I'm an amplifier from today. Hey, oh, cool. excellent. I am uh, a little behind on catching up with amplifiers, but hopefully I'll have you processed here within a uh, couple days. No problem. Now, I've been following the whole drunk drivers issue. Yeah. And I've got to say, I, I was pretty amused by Mark's reaction, actually. You know, he got, he got pretty heated up. And I think that the problem is that he's still thinking in legal terminology and this is something that people just have to shake off what do you mean not need i mean you think you know there's all this thing about basing criminal intent and you know and and going through the whole process of thinking and that's just plain wrong the thing is if you're drinking and driving it's still an accident and let me tell you why sure it's stupid to get into a car drunk but no one gets into a car drunk thinking, even aware, you know, is obviously blocking it out or is not being aware of the consequences. And it happens all the time, especially with young people. You mean they don't get in the cars intending to run into somebody and I think kill that's them. where we called, uh, you know, talked about criminal, criminal negligence. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the wiki. WIKI.freetalklive.com is the listener-editable version of our website. There's over 900 pages created by listeners like you there. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. It's free like everything else is on our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Well, let's continue the military news here. We started out by talking about a new weapon that they developed that will essentially make you, uh, if you are shot with it, will make you feel like your skin is melting off if you stay within its beams. And you can expect that that's going to be coming to the United States at some point in the near future. But uh, we'll wait and see when that happens because there's not much else we can do. Besides weight, it reminds me of the story in uh, the Broward. Uh, you know, was a yeah, Broward County Sheriff's Department just opened up on that group of protesters that wasn't doing. You know, there was protesting. Yeah, with the rubber bullets. With the rubber bullets, you mm-hmm. know, shot some lawyer lady in the head with a rubber bullet just yep. for kicks. Um, I can just, you know, I mean, once once they get into the area of non-lethal, they might as well be squirt guns to these um, law enforcement officers and uh, the military. I mean, that's that's the way humans would be about it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guns have, uh, you know, they kill people, but at the same time, it has this kind of, uh, I don't know, they have results. Bad things happen. So, therefore, you can only use them in certain circumstances. With these non-lethal weapons, eh, let's taser a six-year-old. 
let's shoot a lawyer in the head with a rubber bullet. It just, I don't know. They, they, need, they need to have better protocols, and they're not sticking to them. There's a little bit more information about this weapon. It's called the ADS, and according to them, the beam penetrates clothing, but not stone or metal. Blocking it is harder than you might think. Wearing a tinfoil shirt, for instance, wouldn't be enough. You'd have to be wrapped like a turkey to be completely protected. How the, does a turkey get wrapped? The, um, I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. That's a... Wrap it in tinfoil? I'm not much for baking, so I'm... Okay. You know. You would have to be wrapped like a turkey. Uh, the experimenters found that even a small exposed area was enough to produce the goodbye effect in mm. that you're hit with it, three seconds later, at most, you are gone. That is really sweet, the way they call it the goodbye effect. I mean, it it reproduces the most painful experience that you can handle, mm. and they call it the goodbye effect. Yeah. So any gaps would negate protection. They don't call it, you know, searing hot lava sure. effect. <laughs> they call it the goodbye effect. Holding Come up on. a sheet of metal won't work either. What happens if you're cornered? What happens if you're cornered? I, well, I don't know. It said it said that the subjects could only handle up to five right. seconds of it, the toughest of them, um, and you know then they would they stop put, the experiment. Did they take like a cat carcass and just throw it on the street and just zap it for a while just to see what happens? I'd be curious about that. I mean, if it feels like after three seconds that your skin is boiling off, what happens after thirteen seconds? How about? 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, really, what what happens if the, you know, this is going to be in the hands of probably police, I would imagine, very shortly. Probably. What happens if you're cuffed and hogtied, lying on the pavement, and the cop decides to bake you for 30 seconds with this with the good, right? with the goodbye effect? Oh, it was an accident. Oops. It got stuck on. Yeah. We didn't even know it was on. I don't know if it makes noise. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, the experimenters found, uh, let's see... Uh, so no gaps. Uh, if you've got gaps I mean, in your tinfoil, it's not going to work. When they introduced, work. yeah, right, you can't you can't protect it from it. When they introduced tasers to the uh, public in the what mid '80s or whatever, they brought them out for you know police use. Mm-hmm. Did they suggest? What did anyone suggest? Hey, whoa, we don't want to give these to law enforcement officers because no way. It was they'll encouraged. Be, they'll be quickly using them on our toddlers. It was encouraged. It was supposed to save lives. By I don't way, know that it is saving lives at all. No, people have been killed by them. Holding up people sh- have been killed, but I think that um, officers are using guns in life or death situations, and they're using tasers to uh, whenever you want to get compliance. Yeah, just just to bring somebody down rather than you know. It, if you it, don't follow the orders of a police officer, they will taser you. We've seen it time and time again. Holding up a sheet of metal, by the way, won't protect you from the rays unless it covers your entire body, and you can keep the tips of your fingers out of sight. Wet clothing might sound like a good defense, but tests showed that contact with damp cloth actually intensified the effects of the beam. And System 1, the operational prototype, is mounted on a Humvee and produces a beam with a 2-meter diameter. That's 3 feet per meter, so essentially 6 feet wide is uh, this beam. Hmm. Effective range is at least 500 meters. That's 1,500 feet. That's a good fifth or a quarter of a mile which is further than rubber bullets, tear gas, or water cannons, the ammunition supply is effectively unlimited. So it's line of sight for more than a quarter mile. That's right. Six foot wide. I guess that they have some kind of sight on it that they use in order to tell you whether you're hitting your target or not, because I I guess you wouldn't be able to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they've got a sight on it. I'm sure it's, uh, it's, like they say, it's ready to rock and roll. This thing is ready for deployment Hmm. in Iraq to start. 
Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Do you support weapons like this? Do you think that the military should have more so-called non-lethal options? How can you see this being abused in the future? I mean, is, can you think up anything else that Mark and I have not been able to see? 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue talking about the military, Mark, because uh, you've got some news, I guess, that the military is going to break, according to some military top brass bureaucrat. Well, what I was thinking when I read this is, you know, they, they sort of have their uh, new policy, which is they're going to have, you know, we're, we're deciding right now whether we're going to have the uh, go big, go long, or go home. And I think that they pretty mm. much eliminated go home. Um, you know, Iraq, they're not leaving Iraq any t- Iraq anytime soon. Um, yeah, even if they leave, it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah, and I just don't think that – I don't believe them. For one, even if they said that, eh, I suspect we'll be out of Iraq, and because I've heard rumblings like that in the, in the next year or so, mm-hmm. I don't think George Bush is, is going to do that. I, he, I think he's just too hard-headed for that. I don't care I about any right. mandate from the American people. He's not over there. He's going to stay the course. He is – a lame duck. He's got nothing to lose. That's true. At this point, the Republicans have won or lost everything that they're going to win or lose in the election. Um, they have more to lose in 2008. That's that's true. But what does George Bush care? Indeed, he's got his on what he said is his lowest point in his entire presidency. Uh, according to ABC News, a near record 62% of Americans disapprove of President Bush's job performance overall, and now a new high of 70% disapprove specifically of his handling of the situation in Iraq. I mean, the tides have really changed on this guy. But I, I guess you're, you're right. There's no... Uh, really, all he's got left is his legacy. So is he going to try to push through in Iraq and fight it out for the next two years in, in hopes that he can somehow magically rescue his wonderful, vaunted legacy? Or is he going to just run it into the ground like an old beat-up car? I can't imagine that his. Uh, I can't imagine that anything could possibly happen in Iraq uh, that is going to increase President Bush's approval rating. Well, I don't think we should forget that probably the one of the first reasons we went to Iraq, oil is still happening. Now we don't know anything that's happening with Iraqi oil. We you know hear no news about that kind of stuff. So I suspect that there's a whole bunch of money being made right now mm-hmm. uh, by Bush's friends. And Bush himself, I'm sure. And I just don't see him backing out. I don't either. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Will we be out of Iraq by the uh, end of, by election season 2008? I've got an article that addresses that. All right. Somebody says the military is going to break if we don't have more troops. Is that right? Is that break? It's broken. Well, there's only two ways to get more troops. Hmm. wonder what they've got in mind. More on the way. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site on the house for you, and that includes archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the site. 
for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. That is freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Uh, going back to the war in Iraq, and apparently we're going to get into how the troops supposedly, or what, the army's going to break, says some executive, some bureaucrat, high-ranking bureaucrat in the uh, the military. General. We'll find out what he has to say, but still a few more details on the Bush approval numbers. And these approval numbers, or I guess rather disapproval numbers, the way they're slanted, uh, give me hope for if the draft comes back, that there may actually be a uh, a very popular anti-war, anti-draft movement. Because if it's true that 70% of Americans disapprove of Bush's handling of the Iraq war, and that 57% strongly disapprove, only 28% approve of the way Bush is handling the situation there, less than 3 out of 10 people in America. If those numbers are, are accurate, then that would tell me that if Bush decided he wanted to invade any other country... Americans would probably get it. Don't you think? Don't you think Americans would be able to put two and two together in that particular case and, th- and say, yeah, um, I'm not going to get all riled up about it this time? Because there was definitely some war fervor going on before the Iraq conflict. But I think that um, if, if seven out of ten Americans are disapproving of the way he handled Iraq, I don't think they're going to give him any credit on invading, say, Iran or something like that. I don't see that happening. I... Well, basically, in order to have a majority, all you have to do is convince three out of ten Americans, because mm-hmm. um, that would give you a 60-40, um, to, to have a majority. So it's, all you have to do is create a big enough issue that they would uh, believe in it uh, Believe in it. then. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think that uh, he's, we've, we've invaded all the countries we're going to invade. I'm, really, I'm still scared about Iran, but I'm not positive. And – this story that I have, um, it, actually, it doesn't matter about Iran at all. It's it's really talking about uh, you know what's going on in Iraq. Okay, what's going on? Uh, AP uh, Washington, as President Bush weighs new strategies for Iraq, the Army's top general warned Thursday. Army's top general wow. warned Thursday that his force will break without thousands more active duty troops and greater use of the reserves. Uh oh, greater use of the reserves. My goodness, these reserves aren't even. Uh, they don't even have a, enough equipment here in the United States, and they want greater use of them. Wow. Noting the strain put on the force by operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, and elsewhere in the global war on terrorism, General Peter J. Shoemaker um, said that he wants to grow his half-million-member army beyond the 30,000 troops already added in recent years. Though he didn't give an exact number, he said it would take a take significant time and commitment by the nation, noting some 6,000 to 7,000 soldiers could be added per year. Watch why uh, one former advisor thinks more troops and more commanders are in order. Uh, they have a little clip here. Mm. Uh, officials also need greater authority to tap in the uh, National Guard and Reserve, long ago set up as a strategic reserve but now needed as an integral part of the nation's deployed forces. Mm-hmm. Shoemaker told a uh, commission studying possible changes in those two forces, so they're going to change them somehow. The Commission and National Guard and Reserves next spring is expected to um, uh, recommend a policy and budget changes for reserve units. Over the last five years, the sustained tr- strategic demand is placing a strain on the Army's all-volunteer force, said uh, Shoemaker. We had to throw in that all-volunteer force mm-hmm. because, you know, at some point we won't, have to, we won't be doing that all Well, I can't imagine why a general would want 
to have draftees. No, no, no. He's a he's the the top general. He he's a bureaucrat. Okay. You understand? I mean, he's yeah, a, but you don't get to be a, a general pen- by um you know, you have to be in the military for a while. You'd think you'd know what's best for the military and what's not. I mean, it seems to me that most even Donald now, Rumsfeld The only didn't. people that care are those that do the actual fighting. They, oh, those are the ones that would care even about Donald, Even Donald Rumsfeld came out and said that he didn't want uh, a draft. Whether or not, he, I don't think he would have really fought it if they gave him a draft. But nonetheless, I mean, they still talk a good game about not wanting a draft. That's all I'm saying. Okay. At this case, we will break the active component. We will break the active component unless more reserves can be called up to help. Shoemaker said in, in, in prepared remarks. Does that mean their morale is going to get shut down? I mean, they're just they won't be able to the, handle it. They're on the tipping point of completely. I don't know going over the edge. I don't trust politicians and their speak. And this guy, as far as I'm concerned, is a you know darn close to a politician. Oh, sure he is. Speaking to reporters afterwards, Shoemaker said General George Casey, the top commander in Iraq, is looking. At you also several... don't get to general by not being a politician. You have to be oh, a politician, yeah. too, for you, sure. You've got to kiss butts and shine yeah. apples on the way up. Um, at several military operations uh, options for the war, including shifting many troops from combat missions to training Iraqi units. However, Shoemaker said the military is more interested in getting the Iraqi security forces up to speed than anything else. Above all else, the military is looking at how we generate Iraqi output, he said. Watch uh, another clip. The Army in recent days has been looking at how many additional troops could be sent to Iraq. If the president decides a surge in forces would be helpful, this is the go big part. Mm -hmm. Go big, go long, go home. And I safely eliminate go home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Officials say that about... You go big, they're going to go big back at you. You think that uh, there'll be more insurgents if you go bigger? Of course. Absolutely. More IEDs. Yeah. They're going to meet the violence with more violence. I didn't really think about what the what would happen, but I can't see that. Any, for one, we're at war with Iran. Um, you know, Iran. We are. I mean, you know, from a, a sort of shadow war. There's, you know, they they want um, the Shiites to win. That's very important to them. The Sunnis in Saudi Arabia want the um, Sunnis to win. Mm-hmm. It's very important to them. Um, you know, the Kurds. Well, the things are going pretty well for them. That uh, that country, that oil, um, that political structure is th- – those countries care. It matters to them. And the United States is right there in the middle riding that bull all the way home. Yeah. And I, I don't see that we have any business there. I don't see we had any business in the first place there. That's true. Um, now I, you know, I, I really can't say that we – that there's any good solution to it. I, I think we should apologize go and go home. Yeah, that's the solution. That is a good solution. I mean, the situation's bad, but that's the best that you can do. Yeah. I, increasing the violence, increasing the troops on the ground is only just going to get more troops killed for yeah. nothing. It, it it really, you know, at this point, uh, he's he's gone into it. Basically, he wants more troops. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's he going to get them? Officials say 10 to 15,000 troops could be sent at the end of the um, and an end to the war would have to be in sight because it would drain the pool of available soldiers for combat. So we wouldn't, you know, oh, my God, we'd be stressed to our very limits. And then what would we do? Well, they, and, and there's only so many places they can get troops from. You can recruit them fresh out of high school. You can, uh, and I suppose you could recruit. Of course, the longer you're out of high school, I think the less likely They're you doing are. everything that they can do without increasing pay or 
They increased some bonuses and stuff. I don't know if they increased pay or not. I don't. Maybe they didn't. I don't. I know, know they increased the recruitment bonuses. Essentially, I, I don't know. The only thing the only thing that's going to get more recruits in is um, you know an increase in benefits or pay. But even that is uh, not as effective as it maybe once was, uh, as it once would have been when there wasn't as much violence. I mean, people know. They're having a real tough time. The uh, the Army National Re- the Reserve isn't making its recruiting goals. The Army wasn't make isn't making its recruiting goals. The Navy and Air Force they're having a they're okay. Marines also. Uh, Marines are also doing it okay. Uh, but the other guys are having a tough time, and it's just going to get worse. It's going to get harder for them to recruit. Why don't they shut down some of their 700 military bases and pull some guys out of there? Are you kidding? Those military bases are run by people who have families, Ian. We can't put those people those those families will starve without those jobs. And they're run by uh, I guess politically approved people. And, yeah, absolutely. There's way. there's a uh, you know there's a there's a politician hoping to be a diplomat uh, sitting at every one of those places. Mm. You know, hoping to be the joint chiefs next joint chiefs of staff. And they're all going to argue that uh, their base is critical to the security of the world. Did you see what happened in the 90s when they were shutting down bases? Um, you know, late 80s, what? early 90s. You know, the different. Out in Florida, where we lived, uh, there was one in Protests, Avon Park. Right? Oh, my God, you can't shut that down because businesses spring up around these things. You've got these guys there. Sure, they drink the and go to strip clubs. 800-259-9231. So the only other option besides volunteering and shutting down the bases is a draft. More's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the wiki, the updates, live streams, everything that you'll find there. Those other radio talk shows want to charge you for access to their site, though we give it all away, freetalklive.com. In return for giving away all the features, we ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It's a once-a-month sort of thing. You just go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute, and your votes actually make a difference. You could argue that in a national election, your vote barely counts, but here, it really does count. It does. And it really makes a difference, because your votes put us, propel us, to the top of the podcast charts. We're currently, I think, at number four in the world. That's out of over 25,000 podcasts. So, that's good. I like being number four, but I think it'd be better if we were number one. And we could be, if you went and voted at vote.freetalklive.com. In fact, if every one of our listeners went and voted, we'd be number one. It'd be no problem. Yeah, we would be number one right away. Yeah, Um, so please do that if you get a chance uh, at your nearest computer terminal. Vote.freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches uh, teaches the child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. Also, Mark, I don't know. We might want to check on that shipped by Christmas. Thing. Actually, I did close. check on that, and um, she she's very convinced that uh, it, within just uh, like three or four days, I she just use UPS priority shipping or that's something serious like that. Then. Yeah, it's, right. she's going to get it out to you. Great. That's A Kid's Journey. So we were talking about the draft, uh, because really, where else are they going to get the soldiers? We've got the top general in the military, Mm -hmm. or in, I guess, was it the Army? Army. Army. The top general in the Army saying his troops are going to break. Now, it means they're not going to have enough troops, or their morale is is suffering, They're they're being rotated back in too often, that sort of thing. And he says we need more troops, and there's only so many ways that we can get more troops. 
We can pull them from other military bases around the world, which isn't bloody likely, as we've seen. They are willing to shut down a few military bases here in the United States, but actually shutting them down worldwide eh, doesn't happen too often. We could increase the bonuses for recruiting new high school kids into the military. Of course, uh, we could lower the standards, which is, these are things they've been doing. They've lowered the standards. They've made it so more of the dum-dums can get in because they, you know, they test the, uh, the, the recruits. They rank them based on how they do on these tests, and there's certain, I forget what they call it, there's like a numbers, they're the number four guys and the number five guys, and now they're letting the number four category guys in. They didn't used to do that. So they're letting in the dum-dums. Um, so we're lowering our standards. We're uh, increasing the recruiting, I guess, specs, the criteria as far as what we give them, as far as uh, bonuses, free car, college scholarship, all of that. And even that's still resulting in trouble for the recruiters. They're still having a tough time. The recruiters, in fact, are going to the uh, to the extremes of even uh, buying drug testing kits for the kids that come in. They had a they had one guy. There was an undercover kid that went in there. I think he was 17 <laughs> years old, and he went in and claimed that he had a drug problem. And the recruiter said, "It's no problem. Uh, I've got to, We'll just take you down to the head shop here. We'll get you a test clean, and uh, you're going to be good to go." So they're going to they're bending over backwards to sign up as many new people as they possibly can. Of course, the more people get killed in Iraq and the more time goes by, the more people do get killed, the more people are going to be wary, the more the potential recruits are going to be very wary about getting on board with the military. It might get to the point where a $10,000 recruitment bonus isn't going to cut it. Now, I don't know what today's recruitment bonus is. I think it's several thousand dollars. I think it's at least $5,000. Um and to, you know, to an 18-year-old, that's a big deal, right? 5,000 bucks. But but then when you realize, wait a minute, this is the military, hmm, do I really want to go and possibly die for $5,000? That's when you give the kids something to think and about. And it's it's four years, you know? Eight years. Eight, well, eight years um, in the four active years ready active, reserves or whatever. Four years ready reserves. Yeah, ready reserve. Which means they... Which means they're going to call you up and bring you back. They are doing it. What they've I mean, been doing, stop people, loss. Yeah, people being stop lost, and, and that wouldn't be fun. So who wants to get involved in all this? Why not just do it the easy way, right, government? Why not use your coercive status as a monopoly on coercive force and uh, force everyone to be in the military? The Democrats are behind it. I can't see why the Republicans would shoot it down. I mean, if it's really, I mean, if the general, the top general, in the United States Army, gets in front of Congress and says, "You know, we've got nothing. We've got no other options. We've got to win this in Iraq, and we need to get the troops out here." Uh, I beseech you, please bring back the draft. Now he he doesn't say it in his in his speech here, or whatever no. it was he was talking about. But if he runs out of options and the the top general, you could see how some Republicans might say, "Well, you know, I've been in the military and." Uh, Back when I was in the military, there was uh, it was a bad idea to have draftees because the people in the military don't want this. They don't want to be fighting alongside of draftees. No, so, definitely not the, those on the the front line. There there might be some people out there that uh, think it's a good idea to um, for some reason or another, but not the people in the front line. They but, don't want to entrust their lives to a draftee, somebody who the, doesn't want to be there. If the military brass decide that's the way they need to go. I think if a military brass guy says it to a uh, you know a Republican in Congress or whoever in Congress that was opposing the draft, they might think differently. They might think, well, if the military wants it, 
maybe we should go ahead and do this. And you know what? It'll be good for our kids anyway. When it comes, they'll rationalize it in you know twenty different ways. Oh, it'll be it'll help well, the young people of America to get them get them into service. Republicans love the military. Sure they, they just, do. I don't know why they they do, but they just think it's great. I I can tell you that having been a uh, Republican, I used to be you know the mm-hmm. tried and true conservative because I just listened to what they said. Hmm. Yeah, they just I just thought the military is great. Can't do anything wrong. You got a problem? Shoot them. Right, and they also think it's great from the perspective of, well, what those kids into shape. Yeah, we've got kids today and they're so messed yeah. up. Kids in America, they're all their priorities are messed up. We need to get them into military for 2 years minimum and uh, shape them up. And of course, the Democrats will say, "Well, now hold on a second. Now we now we we're going to know that people aren't going to want to go over and fight. So let's create a, a a national service program." And so the Republicans will say, "Well, will this result in more people getting the military?" Yes, it will. It's, it's just we we'll just give people a choice. We'll just get you can come into the military or you can come into the national service office and you can choose. Do you want to go and join the Peace Corps or do you want to join the military? Okay, well, sounds like a good compromise. Let's pass this thing, and then it'll get passed, and then we'll have national service in the United States, as they're calling it, which is going to be a draft. It's going to be a draft for being a bureaucrat. You may not actually have to go and fight in the military, at least until they change the rules of national service, and then they'll say, well, sorry, we can't let you choose at this moment because we need soldiers but rest assured once we fill our needs of soldiers then we'll go back to allowing our draftees to have choice you know, this is just me vis- envisioning what could possibly happen and it could absolutely happen so you'll have both sides of the aisle behind this uh, national service idea it'll get the president the troops he needs it'll get kids the service that they should have to warp their minds can you imagine being forced to be a bureaucrat well, for two years of your life I, an unproductive useless waste of life no, for two years many people learn learn a great deal from um you know military i would service. learn that bureaucracy sucks yes i would take away lessons too but it doesn't mean i want to spend my time there so i agree i agree with you that they shouldn't um that it shouldn't you, you shouldn't go in the military and you shouldn't force people to go in the military shouldn't but force people to work for the government many, that's what we're talking about mark Forcing people to work for government bureaucrats mm-hmm. to essentially be compensated slaves. You have to go in. You choose the path you want to go on. They'll probably then assign you to where they want you to go. You're not going to be able to say, I want to do a radio show for the government. No, you're going to, you're going to either choose military or other. And then they're going to put you where they want to put you. You're going to be packing boxes, scrubbing toilets, answering phones, whatever the deal is. Checking on checking illegal immigrants. Right. Yeah. Working for the TSA. You're going to be a bureaucrat. And I hope that uh, I hope the fact that it's that it's going to be a kinder, gentler draft doesn't deter people from opposing it. Because they're going to they're going to do what they've done in the past. They're going to say George Bush is going to go to his daughters and say, now, uh, look, we're going to need you to join up the uh, this draft program, uh, darlings. Uh, But it's all right. Because you're not going to the military, we're just going to put you over here, and it's just going to be a cushy job. You're, you're going to look all pretty, and it, you, you'll be fine. We'll pay, in fact, we're going to double your pay. It's going to just just be quiet. We're going to have a few photo ops, and that way, the uh, you know they're going to have a f- 
photo op where they passed this new national service program and and the the leaders of America are going to show the way for the little people in America. Look, look, Americans, the Bush daughters are now joining the national service program like good little citizens. And now you get to do the same thing. See, we're putting our people on the line. Now you can put yourself on the line, right, like Americans. We're gonna, like I'm going to do the same job that the uh, Bushes, Bush girls are going to do. That's going to be the message. But of course it's you're not. It's a lie. Hour number two is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Banned for a George Bush t-shirt? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it is the Thursday edition. We're kicking off Hour 2, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Cop versus cop. This isn't something you see very often, Mark, but in Newark, New Jersey, it happened. A police officer who was fired after being convicted of careless driving claims he was caught between two unwritten rules of the road. One, police don't hassle fellow officers. And two, nobody passes a state trooper, especially on the right. Former Titten Falls, this is an unwritten rule I wasn't aware of. No. Former Tinton Falls Detective Gary Wade is suing over an incident that left him pepper sprayed and handcuffed face down on the side of a road. Got a little taste of his own police medicine there. I wonder how it felt. His lawsuit seeks $1 million from two state troopers and his own former department, said his lawyer at a news conference Wednesday. Wade, who's 31, maintains he was pulled over for no reason while driving to work in an unmarked police car. The arresting state officer says he was provoked. The August 2004 encounter was recorded by a trooper's dashboard-mounted video camera and a microphone attached to his lapel. On the audio recording, Wade is heard repeatedly telling the trooper, Michael Colliner, to wait until a Tinton Falls police supervisor arrives before taking any further action. He was talking cop to cop, says Wade's lawyer. Isn't that interesting, that, that phrase? He was talking cop to cop, kind of like, you know, that's more of that us versus them. I'm a cop. You should give me more respect. We're in, I'm in the Blue Brotherhood. Uh, and asked why Wade didn't simply hand over, asked why Wade didn't simply hand over his identification or immediately state that he was a police officer. Lask said Wade pointed to a badge on his belt. It's not a special privilege, she said. It's just known between them. Since that, it's more of that wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. thin blue line. You got that blue line sticker on the back of your car, and they won't mess with you. That sort of thing. He said Colliner and his partner, uh, State Police Captain Alan DeFave, Delafave, uh, painted a much different picture. He said Colliner and his partner were driving a marked patrol car in the left lane when Wade's car zoomed up behind them and tailgated them before, before swerving to the right and passing. Wade was argumentative when they stopped him and ignored repeated requests to show identification, according to officers' reports. The uh, state trooper said if he expected some special treatment for careless driving and refusing to identify himself, that will not happen, not for a police officer or for any civilian. Last, So it sounds like almost as though they passed him, he passed on the, uh, the like the shoulder. That's the, kind of the impression I'm getting here. When they say passing on the right, it sounds like he went over on the shoulder and, you know, zoomed up on the side of the road. And, of course, cops certainly don't like it when you do that. No, that's crazy. Last called Colliner a cop gone wild. Instead of Wade, he's upset that his so-called brothers would do this to him. 
The actual reason that he was stopped is because he passed the state trooper vehicle on the right. Officer Wade informed me that it's a known fact among officers that you never pass a state trooper vehicle. You let them pass you. They don't like that. Now, this is news to me. If you... now, I don't know if we're talking about passing on the shoulder. I don't know if that makes Yeah, I don't know either at this point. Uh, Lask said Wade demanded that a police supervisor come to the scene and refused to surrender his gun before he feared his, uh, because he feared for his safety. Wade was charged with obstruction of justice, careless driving, and resisting arrest. He was convicted in municipal court of the first two offenses and then fired. Wade, who's also appealing the convictions, now works as a contractor and has no desire to be reinstalled as a police officer. Uh, they said two courts and an internal state police probe have all concluded that the trooper acted appropriately. So, if it was just the guy passing a state trooper on the right, then that doesn't seem to be dangerous driving. But if he was, uh, if he was passing him on the shoulder, then I could see that, yeah, you'd flip on your lights and, and pull that person over. But in this case, uh, he was pepper sprayed, Mark, handcuffed, face down in the... On the side of the road. It's all very strange. I don't know what to, to believe and what I hear. I don't know exactly what happened. It's all very odd. It sounds like it's going to be very interesting, though. I mean, yeah, well, it why is. didn't they wait for a supervisor? I don't know. And maybe he was in a rush. Maybe he had somewhere to be. I mean, he's listened to... No, no. Who was in a rush? The, the state trooper. Wanted okay. to get this guy arrested, thrown in the back of the car or whatever, and, uh, and get out of there. Why would you do that? Why would you want him thrown in the back of the car? That's not going to get you any, where you need to go faster. That's true. I don't know. doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's all very weird. It is weird. But nonetheless, uh, it's, it's always interesting when bureaucracies clash, mm-hmm. and they, they tend to not get along very well with one another. It's like, you know, they're essentially competing gangs, and they don't like one another for that reason. But the, the police, they sort of have a sort of mutual respect. But I didn't know. This was one of those things that, like, I sort of knew that the police don't like COs. They don't like corrections officers. There's kind of an us yeah. versus them uh, mentality within this, the force. It's like upperclassmen versus lowerclassmen right. kind of thing. Right, Because in a lot of, uh, I guess in a lot of police departments, when you start, you're, you start as a corrections officer. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of move up to patrol and right. move up to detective from there. And so I certainly know that a number of cops look down on corrections officers, but I had no idea that there was this sort of that there's this other unwritten rule of you don't pass the state troopers. I can see that because they don't like you. It, 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 it would sort of sounds like a uh, you know deferment kind of thing. Like you're it's disrespectful. You're the state, and we're just the local county mounties. No, because you, you wouldn't you think that state troopers have sort of an us versus them uh, when they look down upon the county yeah, boys because you're think the so. state. I would think so. Right. You own the highways. Yeah. I don't know. Just an interesting story about police clashing with one another. 800-259-9231. I don't know where to go with it. There's no, there's really no issue. questions to ask. But nonetheless, you don't normally hear about police officers getting pepper sprayed. So I wonder how it felt. Some schools, by the way, uh, oh, excuse me, banned for a George Bush t-shirt, according to an Australian news site, news.com in Australia. An Australian was barred from a London-Melbourne flight unless he removed a t-shirt. Now, what do you think that this T-shirt said? Do you think it was... Remember that story we had a few months back where there was a guy that got on with a T-shirt with something written in Arabic on it? It was something completely harmless written right. in Arabic. And they kicked him off the flight for that. They wouldn't allow him on. Right. They don't like that Arabic writing stuff. What about this one? Do you think that was similar? I don't know. No. It was a George Bush T-shirt. It depicted him as the world's number one terrorist. In fact, the shirt <laughs> has a picture of Bush on it. And you, there's a picture of this guy. And we'll put this on the bulletin board system so you can see it later. 
Uh, but he's got his shirt on, and it's the front face, um, front photo of George Bush, and it says world's number one terrorist on it. Why would you be prevented from getting on a plane with a shirt like that? I don't see any reason. Alan Jason was also prevented from catching a connecting flight within Australia later the same day. And, and in another country... I mean, I could see an uppity TSA agent getting all upset about a George Bush t-shirt. Not that I would agree with it, but I could see that happening. But Australian people? Uh, United Kingdom? What? Uh, Mr. Jason says Qantas and Virgin Blue were engaging in censorship, but the airlines say the t-shirt was a security issue and could affect the sensitivities of other passengers. You are not wearing that, the woman at the security check-in just said to me. You are not wearing that, Mr. Jason, who is 55, said yesterday. He lives in London and was flying to Australia to visit family on December 2nd. Not even going through the United States. Nope. Said he was first told that he would need to turn the T-shirt inside out before he would be allowed to board the Qantas flight. I told her I had the right to express my opinion. She called other security and people got involved. Ultimately, they said it was a security issue. In light of the present situation. What the hell does that mean? It means it's a war on terror, and we're going to do whatever we want to. And the present situation, as you might guess, isn't going anywhere anytime soon. What so if good, they had, like, goodbye to your liberties. Kim Jong-il, world's greatest terrorist. I wonder if that, yeah, I wonder if that would have been okay. It was sure, it absolutely would have been. What if, he, what if it just said world's number one terrorist? Well, that like, would be stupid. <laughs> After a prolonged argument about freedom of speech and expression, Mr. Jason said a Qantas gate manager uh, said he could not fly at all unless he wore another T-shirt. So they upped the restriction. They originally said just turn it inside out. Then after he put up a fight about his freedom of speech, um, then they said you've got to take that thing off. So he said his clothing had already been checked in and was then forced to buy a new T-shirt, this time with London Underground written on it, coincidentally the site of a terrorist attack from last year. He said, I felt I'd made my point and caved in, said Mr. Jason. But after arriving in Australia, he put his Bush shirt back on and was again banned from boarding a connecting flight. This time, a totally different airline, Virgin Blue, from Adelaide to Melbourne. It was argued that other passengers could be offended, said Mr. Jason. I said I, it was most offensive that I would be prevented from expressing my political views. Indeed. 800-259-9231. In other countries, they're protecting the feelings of other people i mean people around the world hate president bush i don't understand this very strange just a chilling on freedom of speech in uh, in and around the world and it's very disturbing coming up political speak also people are getting scared about wi-fi oh boy it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you take control of the airwaves if you want to, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy them because they're on the house. And that includes the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies from around the world have added themselves validated photos, that is, to the Shrine. That means that they're proving in the picture that they listen to the show. See what I mean? By going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Let 1-800-Flowers.com help you celebrate the holidays with a beautiful floral arrangement or centerpiece delivered the same day, any day. And you won't even break the bank this year. They offer flowers and gifts from 1999. Mention code FTL to receive 10% off your next order. Call, click, or come in 1-800-Flowers.com. Your florist to choice for the holidays and every day. That's code FTL at 1-800-Flowers.com. 
We're going to talk about political speak here in a moment, but since we are talking about freedom of speech in the uh, United Kingdom in Australia, where a man was essentially shut down from wearing a Bush as the number one terrorist shirt uh, on an airplane, pretty outrageous story, but here's another one for you from El Paso here in the United States. The ticket received by a San Elizario shopkeeper who warned motorists about a sheriff's checkpoint last month might become the center of a civil rights jury trial. Jose Rodriguez, the owner of Pepe's General Store on Luisa Guerra Drive, is contesting the citation and has requested a jury trial, he announced Tuesday. And uh, this guy is great. Um, this this gentleman here, Pepe. great to hear what he did. Um, Jose Rodriguez. Well, Pepe is... Pepe's uh, General Store. Well, Pepe is, uh, is a... Is it's another like, name for Jose? Yeah, it is. I didn't know that. It's like Richard and Dick. Makes no sense. Wow. All right. Learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. He's, uh, says, it's very old school, though. He'll be represented pro bono by lawyers with the Paso de Norte Civil Rights Project who say the case is about freedom of speech. And they're absolutely right. What's going on is that they, the sheriff's deputies, are trying to stop anyone who doesn't agree with them. Mr. Rodriguez has the right to speak out about what's going on in the community, said the director of the Civil Rights Project. The ticket for an unauthorized sign is a Class C misdemeanor punishable by up to $500 in fines. Now, what unauthorized sign could this man possibly have posted that would have uh, well, gotten I, the ire up of the police department. I've been listening, and essentially it, it was a sign that must have said, watch out for the uh, speed trap. Oh, that's good. You're right about that. I forgot I mentioned that. The Rodriguez, <laughs> on October 27th, wrote, Cuidado, precaución, retén del sheriff, or caution, sheriff, checkpoint, on a piece of cardboard, and placed the sign in front of his shop, just ahead of the traffic checkpoint. He said he put up the sign because the checkpoint was costing him customers. When the flow of cars dwindled at the checkpoint, several sheriff's deputies came to investigate. They saw Rodriguez's sign and issued him the unauthorized sign citation because the shop owner had taped his notice to a public construction sign. Mm. Sheriff's officials declined to comment on pending litigation, but have said previously that the ticket was by the book. Rodriguez disagreed, saying the construction sign was left behind by a construction company two years ago Mm. and wasn't owned by the state. Rodriguez says the deputies also took issue with another handmade sign that read Minutemen Go Home that Rodriguez taped to a utility pole on his property, but not with five signs for lottery tickets and cigarette brands that were also on a utility pole. Hmm. They told me that if I didn't take the Minutemen Go Home sign off the pole, that the electric company would come take the sign and the pole, and I would not have any electricity. What? But I knew they were just trying to scare me, he said. Rodriguez's lawyer said they had no immediate plans to sue on behalf of Rodriguez or to lodge a complaint with the sheriff's office about the deputy's alleged conduct. So at this point, he's not filing a lawsuit. He's just taking this all the way. He's going to fight this uh, this charge, this $500 Class C misdemeanor. He's going to fight it to the bitter end. And uh, and I say more power to him. I'm with him on that, too. I think it's uh, it's great. I think what he did was a real service to his customers. He noticed that his... Uh, his his customers were going down. They they were yeah getting tickets. Yeah, the, well, they were money they can't the spend voluntarily at in his, his store. store. Sure, they're taking it forcefully at the, uh, the the speed trap. And I can tell you that if I was driving down this particular road and I saw the sign, then I would make a point of visiting this man's store. Like, hey, you did me a favor. I appreciate that. Thanks. We'll go buy some uh, a refreshment from your uh, mm-hmm. from your general store. And some of that ginger brew you like. Mm, yes, indeed. So. I think what he did was a, a real community service, unlike the police who claim up and down that, well, we're out here serving the community by stopping you and uh, making sure you're not drunk. Doing fun- fundraising for the yeah. government, giving you tickets for 250 bucks for speeding or whatever. Yeah. 
So I say more power to Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, hopefully we'll hear more about this case as it uh, rolls on. So if you happen to spot it, definitely send it our way. 800-259-9231 to Political Speak. Mark, what do you have for us? Well, it, I, this is just simply an article that I really enjoyed. So I, I sort of want to share it with people. Okay. I don't know that there's an I- issue involved or anything like that. A lot of Orwell quotes. But uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle, <clears throat> and uh, listen to this title, Political cuttlefish spew ink of obfuscation. Uh, Obfuscation? Yes, that's the word. Uh, Surrender of language risks loss of destiny. Whatever. That's the title. Yeah, okay. Political language designed to make lies... Oh, it's not all written like that. No, I wouldn't be able to make it through. Not uh, reading out loud. Political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable. And to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind. Wrote George Orwell in his uh, prescient essay, Politics... And the English language. Beset as we Americans are by a misguided war, errant governance, unaddressed environmental threats, and growing social injustice, it is perhaps easy to downplay the I was going to say, it didn't sound like the San Francisco Chronicle in the first sentence until I, I didn't know it was a George Orwell quote. Mm-hmm. Now it sounds like the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> well, I'm glad that... Social they're... justice! Yeah, well, that... Just because they didn't understand what, yeah. what uh, Orwell was meaning necessarily, right. there's a lot of gems inside this article. Okay. Um, it is perhaps easy to downplay the importance of language in solving our problems in, ration, in a rational manner. While Orwell became familiar with the ma- manipulation and co- corruption of language through the fascist and communist movements of the 1930s, he would most certainly be discouraged by the degree to which mutant per- perlance has uh, advanced since, his, since he wrote his celebrated essay 50 years ago. Borrowing from the commercial advertisers and PR consultants, politicians now spin, distort, and lie to sell themselves with ever greater impunity, creating deceptive virtual worlds of pseudo-reality in the process. In the last few years, the wanton corruption of the meaning of words in political discourse has reached a perilous point. Do you think that things are different than they used to be as far as pol- political speak goes? I don't know. Well, I've only been, uh, you know, an it's adult for, for me so long. Um, I, I can't say, I, I can't imagine that they've gotten that much worse. Maybe they've been a little, maybe they've gotten Politicians a little sneakier. Politicians just started lying? No, 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 no. They lie more they've and better? They've been lying. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Focus groups have sort of entered the market and there's a lot more interest in uh, polling data for politicians. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I I think that it's probably safe to say that politicians have lied ever since there's been power. Ever since, yeah, absolutely. The Bush administration tortured um, defense tortured defense of Iraq war effort leading upon the congressional elections could serve as Exhibit A. The great enemy of clear language is insincerity. Orwell continued, when there's a gap between one's real and one's declared aims, one um, one turns, as it were, to long words or exhaust, exhausted idioms, like a cuttlefish squirting out ink. <laughs> Orwell was not the first historical figure to point out how, when a people lose control of their language, they must also lose control of their destiny. Well, words are powerful. Words are tools. And define or be defined. Yeah, I, I, I just think of how that, you know, war is peace. We are getting that right now. That's true. You're absolutely right about that. Let's continue with more of this Safety political speak stuff. Safety is freedom. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's also uh, Orwell, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. More's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there because they're totally free. The bulletin board system is there for you. Lots of different conversations going on. Fun stuff, serious issues. Also, you'll find the articles that we uh, use on the air. You'll find them linked to from the bulletin board system and more. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Talking about political speak, Mark, and uh, let's continue with this. Uh, George Orwell, some interesting quotes from one of his essays about how, essentially, politicians ad- attempt to obscure the things that they're saying with they, this sort of flowery they say, actually the opposite they, they say the opposite big words try to confuse people what in, else did they do in observing the downfall of athens during the peloponnesian wars thucydides i don't know these just people's spit names. it out yeah thucydides i don't have it in front of me i don't so know either don't look at me you wouldn't be able to pronounce it either described a similar um, decline to fit in with the change of events words had to change he wrote as Athens um, launched the misbegotten Sicilian campaign, misbegotten Iraqi campaign, Sicilian okay. campaign, that led to its downfall. What used to be described as thoughtless acts of aggression was now regarded as the courage that one would expect to find in a party member. To think <laughs> the yeah to think the future and um, to think of the future and wait was merely another way of saying one was a coward. Any way of moderation was taken to be just an attempt to disguise one's own unmanly character. Ability to understand a question from all sides was taken to mean that one was totally unfitted for action. Fanatical enthusiasm was taken as a mark of a real man, and to plot against an enemy behind his back was viewed perfectly legitimate. Self-defense. Indeed, most people were more willing to call villainy rather than cleverness, um, cleverness, simple-minded honesty. They are proud of their first quality and shamed of the latter. The avalanche of corrupted and abused language, sophistry, has been generated by the Bush administration and the Republican Party. Of course, San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah. Um, uh, they been, all do it. Yeah. What? All of them do it. All the newspapers. Oh, all, all the politicians. politicians. I'm sorry. Um, Republican Party has become our contemporary cuttlefish ink. Consider the following terms born out of the Iraq War. Okay, good. This is good stuff. Camp Victory. The name of the huge... <laughs> the, the huge... I'm sorry, that just makes me chuckle every time I hear Camp Victory. The name of the huge U.S. military base in Baghdad International Airport might now be more accurately described as Camp Defeat. Pay no attention to the elephant behind the curtain. Extraordinary renditions, a banality that hides the repugnant reality that allows suspects to be kidnapped, spirited abroad, interrogated, and even tortured Mm -hmm. in a foreign country without any due process. Now it's legal. No big deal there, I guess. It's 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 a big deal that it's not legal uh, mm. that it's legal, but ugh. information extraction a euphemism that's become that's come to be synonymous with the torturing of suspects sure. yeah into giving confessions waterboarding a term that well it seems to be describing some harmless recreational sport yeah it does yeah perhaps 
a cross between skateboarding and surfing, is mm -hmm. actually a cruel, unusual form of punishment. The Healthy Forests Restoration Act, the name of a piece of legislation, San Francisco Chronicle, just so you know, that was a large, in large part an invitation for the woods products timber industry to exploit the nation's forest lands. Ugh. People are so funny about uh, you know, wood and paper products and that kind of thing. Well, it's true. They, uh, the, the wood companies do come in and exploit the government forest land, which they is do. why we need to sell off those lands to private ownership. Because when they're privately owned, they're not exploited. They're utilized to the fullest extent uh, that they can that they can handle. Right. They plant yeah. new trees as they uh, as they harvest them. People think that trees are going away or something. Trees are a product. Yep. They're Cows aren't going away. Chickens aren't going away. Trees aren't going away. I mean, it, it's it's like saying, oh my God, don't you know they, they don't want you to use paper, don't waste paper. We got to recycle paper. Blah blah blah. It's like saying, don't eat carrots because we won't have any more carrots. Yeah. Well, if people eat carrots, then they'll grow more carrots because the demand in the carrot market will have increased. Really, the sad part about the uh, the forest, I know this is totally a side it issue. It is totally but a we side. Can't, I can't let it just fly by. Uh, the sad part about the forest thing is that you can really um, tug on emotional heartstrings with an issue like this. And the government creates the problem. But unfortunately, people that uh, that have their heartstrings tugged on don't realize that that's the problem. They don't realize that it's government owning land. That is what's um, creating this problem. So the government owns the land. The government leases the land to these companies. The companies come in, clear-cut the land. They don't bother planting anything else because it's just a leased property. They clear out of there. They get it. They cut all the trees down. Then they leave. And then somebody comes by, takes a bunch of pictures, and says, Look what these companies are doing. This is terrible. We need to get our people in charge so this will stop. Well, it's not stopping. Um, because middle managers, middle government bureau government bureaucrats who manage these lands, they don't have any incentive. They're n it doesn't matter if they're Republicans or Democrats. They don't have any incentive to care about the lands that they're managing. It's a matter of renters versus owners. And when you put up a government forest right next to a private forest, it's clear which one's in better condition. The private forest. Of course it is. They care. And, of course, another side issue on this one is if we would actually legalize marijuana and hemp, then the uh, foresting industry would uh, probably shift over to that product because it grows a heck of a lot faster than and trees. on less space, less uh, yeah. energy to, to go into it. You know, but recycling paper, not a very good idea. Imagine, I mean, think about it for a second. Yeah, it's bad. What, what is better um, for the environment? Cutting down a tree that you're going to plant another one in its place, um, which is what obviously they're going to do with their land. They're not going to, on their own tree forest land, they're not going to cut one down and just leave it down. They might do that on government land they've rented because That's they right. have no benefit one way or the other, but they're not going to do it on their own land. So cutting down a tree and then planting another one in its place or taking a whole big mess, you know, don't forget the, the, the trash trucks and their, um, you know, smoke and all that stuff. That's about the same as uh, mm -hmm. a truck moving a tree um, to a mill. But you take all this paper that you grind up into water and the ink, and then you got to get the ink out. What do you do with the inky, dirty water that the yeah. paper's generated? Where's Ew. that go? Then you got to bleach the paper, and then you got to take the bleach water out, and they probably have to bleach it again in order to get this stuff back yeah, to usable condition. Most recycling condition. is a scam, as is evidenced by uh, Penn & Teller's excellent half-hour expose on it uh, on their show BS. Paper recycling isn't just a scam. It's Dangerous. worse. Bad. The, yeah, it's worse for the environment than, make, than new trees. Trees aren't going away, people, I swear Ew. to God. No more than sweet potatoes are. 
All right, we've got more? Clear skies, reg- clear skies legislation, a law that's actually a watered-down substitute for a different piece of legislation that would have gone much farther in limiting dangerous levels of acid mercury emissions from power plants. With, reg- pardon me, with regularity and such reassuringly positive-sounding names have often been deceptively used to make their darker purpose more palatable. So the real situation is obscured by a linguistic, mi- linguistic misnomer calculated to confuse the public. Sure, like the John McCain bill that we talked about a couple of days ago, the Protecting the Online Children mm-hmm. Act, or Online Protecting the Children Act, which is essentially going to destroy freedom of speech. Yeah, it's just shutting down the Internet. Right. And then, of course, there's the bait-and-switch ruse of renaming things in such high-speed, serial fashion that finally the public grows so utterly confused and bewildered that uh, cynicism about language is the only plausible reaction. Recently, benchmarks for determining progress in Iraq have become timetables and milestones. Even as the uh, Bush administration denies that any such measures or pressures were being imposed by the United States on so-called Iraqi government. Indeed, so far out of alignment with uh, any reasonable interpretation of reality has the Bush administration language become that it is almost as if we citizens are now forced to live in two parallel universes. (laughs) One real and one delusional. I love this article. It just tickles the crap out of me. As, As words have lost their descriptive power... We have suffered a break in the normative well, you know, order. He, you know, he's he's right that the author. Uh, we do essentially live in two universes. We do live in a real and a delusional universe. Mm-hmm. There are uh, two sets of people in America. There are the people who are real. They're the ones that go to work, produce a product, service, actually do something of value to the economy. And then there are the de- the, the delusional ones, those who work for the government. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. Why government people are delusional. And more doublespeak, more political speak. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts. Maybe you've got a favorite uh, doublespeak example, a political speak example for us. You want to share it with us? Please do. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, toll-free. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. They are completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites. We give it away, freetalklive.com. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, buying some stuff. Free Talk Live stuff. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to place your order for Free Talk Live branded merchandise. We've got t-shirts. We've got a variety of hats. We have got, uh, let's see, there's also a bowling shirt as well. I don't know if that qualifies as a t-shirt. But there's, Not a t-shirt, no. There's the Free Marketeer flag, classic archive DVD collector sets, and more. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. And by the way, um, also, one of the other items at the store is the Free Talk Live bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. And that is available for free. Yeah, all you have to do is send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and we'll send it one back to you. I was so confused today, Mark. Uh, somebody sent me a self-addressed stamped envelope that had what looked like a one-cent stamp on it. And I thought, oh, man, this guy's this not going to get Yeah, this, they're going to return this to sender, and uh, it's not going to work. I'm not going to stu- stuff a... Uh, uh, a bumper sticker in this envelope, but then I looked a little bit closer and I opened the uh, I looked at the envelope that it was sent in because if you sell if you send us an SASE then you have to send it in an envelope obviously right and I saw the very same stamp on the envelope that it was sent in and I thought well, how could they have sent a what how could the postal service have possibly delivered this envelope for one cent 
And so it was, was it not a one cent stamp? Well, um, Sean, uh, my my roommate suggested, well, maybe they just don't even look closely. Maybe they just saw something in the corner and figured that was what it was. And I don't believe that for a second. I didn't either. So I took a closer look and I noticed that it said one C on the on the stamp. And I got out my because I have one cent stamps in my uh, my office. And I went and looked at the actual one cent stamps, and that had that little line through it, the The cent cent symbol. symbol. So what the one C stamp was was a first. Class stamp. I see. But I tell you, it looked like one cent. It really confused me. Anyway, those guys will be getting their uh, their bumper stickers, and you can get details on where to send your SASE at freetalklive.com. As we continue talking about political speak and how words mean different things when they are used by politicians. Mm-hmm. In fact, in a part of this article from the San Francisco Chronicle, you pointed out that we're living in like an alternate world. What was the, what was the term that they used? Was one real and one delusional. One delusional. And, Parallel uh, universes. Right. And I believe that, that uh, that's absolutely the case, uh, in that the real people in America are the ones that work hard, the ones that go out and uh, create products and services and, and work in the economy. And then there are the delusional individuals who work for the government. These are people that uh, believe that they have power over others. They believe in this concept uh, that's called the government, which is essentially this loosely organized uh, group of people that is all under the same fantasy that they have authority, right. that, they can, that they can and should and rightly can control they, other people. Well, they, they, That's delusional. They do. They write down these threats that they call laws, and um, if you don't obey their threats, then bad things happen. Right. They're essentially psychopaths. Uh, they're people that uh, don't mind using force on others to get their way, and they're very, very dangerous. Unfortunately, we're all under the delusion that these people are actually here to help us. There are actually people in America that are under the delusion that the government is a good thing. And how an armed gang of violent individuals can possibly ever be a good thing, I'm not too sure. I'm still working on figuring that one out. But there are definitely two groups of people in America. Anyway, let's go on. As words have lost lost their descriptive power, we have suffered a break in the normative order. Our whole process of describing, thinking, discussing, and acting has been corrupted at its source. Indeed, it is hard to know how to break out of this self-perpetuating feedback loop characterized by spin and deception, so that so that political discourse actually conveys truth and meaning. I, I can't imagine political discourse <laughs> conveying truth and meaning. If thought corrupts language, language can also corrupt thought. Orwell continued. To the think- only the only truth in uh, political discourse is is on Free Talk Live and uh, and being uttered by libertarians and liberty minded individuals. The truth is that uh, force is wrong. The truth is that voluntary methods are right. That's what the truth is, and that's what we're getting out there. That's if political discourse was framed in those particular uh, in that particular way, then I think that things will it really would change because then people would realize that politics isn't worth their time. Because politics is nothing more than essentially different groups of people trying to get it, uh, trying to get a hold of the government, this mm-hmm. violent agency, this violent group of people trying to get in control of them. Violent tool. This tool, yes, trying to get in control of them to lord their power over others, to force others to behave in the way that they want to. And I think that if a political discourse was more honest, more people would be saying that. More people would understand that about government. And that's what we're trying to do here on Free Talk Live. Orwell continues to think clearly is a necessary first step towards political regeneration so that the the fight against bad English is not frivolous and is not the exclusive concern of professional writers. 
So advanced is the degradation of language into artifice, and so confused have so many people become over the verbal deception heaped on them by political leaders, that our republic, that if our republic is to survive, it is a truly urgent matter that an antidote be found. I hope the republic doesn't survive. Why is that? Well, I've expressed this before. I think that uh, it's a failed experiment, and I don't see any point in continuing it. Well, what do you think it's going to turn into? I have no idea. I can't predict the future, but what I'd like to see is uh, secession on a, a wide scale. I'd like to see there be no more republic. I'd in like to see there be, be different uh, confederations of states and possibly single states breaking off into their own uh, their own areas. In order for people that to happen, people are going to have to be far more dissatisfied than they are currently with sure. um, the way things are. So you're going to have to slip, spiral um, down into some kind of terrible, despotic dictatorship. I don't know. That's what I, you're wishing. Maybe, maybe it doesn't have to go that far. Why I'm not would, sure. Why, why would people, uh, you know, break off um, in, in secession? Why would why would states secede if things are going reasonably well? The economy is going reasonably well, and we all know it's the economy, stupid. I mean, that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. Americans, I'll I'll grant you that uh, you can't. It's difficult. Difficult, not you can't. It's difficult to uh, support a family on one income these days. Sure, but. It's not impossible, and um, well, I, you know, the thing about the thing about the the future is it is unpredictable. And uh, if you look back at some significant historical events, like the Berlin Wall, for instance, that came down with no warning. Um, you know, there was essentially some sort of uh, discontent that was slowly people, spreading throughout those people. Sure, those people were waiting in soup lines. Um, they couldn't right. get uh, you know food products on a regular basis. I see um, what you're they saying. They waited five, six, seven, eight, ten years to get a car. That you're not talking about the same level of uh, consumer satisfaction. In America, you can have whatever you want. You just have to work hard enough to get it. Well, I hope something happens that really does uh, help wake people up, because really it's all it's all about communicating the ideas of liberty to people. And and as the uh, the information age spreads, we're going to be more effective at communicating these ideas. And maybe we could have an information revolution, essentially. I hope so. Uh, let's continue. Uh, well, let's I actually hope, go. To I the don't phones. hope to see a, a secession. I want to go to the phones, and let's talk to uh, Tom in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Tom. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I just, you know, we're all citizens, and we're all, you know, trying to be involved. Could I myself I don't know if I'm, I'm a trying citizen, to organize um, a rally. Okay. Two of them, actually, and I'm with the Lone Lanterns. And, uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, the Lone Lantern Society. Um, we're, we're an organization towards 911 Truth. Oh, boy. So what's your rally? Uh... We want to. Um, we'd like to see justice brought to the treason in, in our uh, in our government. Uh huh. How are you going to do and, that? Um, well, that's why we're going to have the rally. You know, we want to get as many people there to become involved mm-hmm. and uh, you know do what we can. Why? Um, and now, presuming you're right about your 911 truth thing, and I'm not so sure that's the case, but presuming you're right about that, uh, why on earth would the corrupt government bring itself up on charges, sir? Well, I mean. I mean, the, the power of the people is what I'm talking about. Well, the people don't have power. It's the government that has power. Well, I mean, people in masses have power. No, he's right that the, the people have the power. They just have abdicated it and given it to the government. And he's, right. I mean. he's trying to get it back. For whatever reason, he's trying but to get it back. But the people can't bring the government up on charges. I understand what? that. Why, why couldn't we? I mean... It's not possible. You can't bring sovereign, uh, sovereign immunity of officials that have sovereign immunity up on charges. You can bring the president up on charges maybe after he's out of office. That might be possible, but I, I, you know, I don't know how successful you're going to be at that. 
So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I hear everybody, you know, complaining about what's going on. But what are we supposed to do? Just sit here and bow to it? I mean, I, I, I'm up in arms, too. Well, see, this is a problem with the 911 truth movement. They don't know what they want to do. Um, they think that, the, the, you know, they realize that the government's a bad organization. Now, whether or not they're correct about their theories is a whole other question. But nonetheless, they sort of got the idea that the yeah, government's made up of some bad people. But yet they turn to government for the solution. They turn to other people in government to save them from the existing people in government. And all they do is they end up perpetuating more... More government upon people. If they would just understand that government isn't the, the solution and that getting government out of people's lives is the best possible uh, future for America, maybe they could change their direction and maybe work towards that instead of spending all of their time focusing on 9-11 this and 9-11 that. Yeah, I got you there, but what about like well, the thanks NAU? For, I mean, thanks for the was... call, man. We're out of time. More coming up. Hour three's on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. As we launch Hour 3 of the Thursday edition, you take control of the airwaves. And join us online at freetalklive.com, where everything on the site is completely free. That is freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, I wanted to just let that last caller go, but I've just been rolling the topic over in my head here and thinking to myself, these people, the 9-11 truthers, they just don't get it, do they? I don't know what you mean. Well, they, they just don't seem to understand that even if they were able... Say George Bush gets out of office, because we just had this guy call in, in case you're just tuning in. We had this guy call in and say, we're going to have a rally, and we're going to get people together, and we're going to have, uh, we're going to ask him for charges against the President Bush and, uh, the, and his cohorts or whatever, right? Because they're allegedly behind 9-11 according to the 9-11 Truth Movement, so-called. And regardless of the facts and the allegations in the so-called 9-11 Truth Movement, how is it that that lawsuit would work out anyway? I mean, let's presume, first of all, it's ludicrous to believe that the government's going to bring the government up on charges. That's probably not going to happen. But let's say Bush gets out of office, and for some reason you're able to bring him up on charges, which I don't think you can do. I don't think that, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know anything, of, I don't know a lot about the judicial system, but could a, uh, could a citizen bring uh, criminal charges against the former president of the United States? I don't think citizens can bring criminal charges, can they? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you could make like a citizen's arrest, but uh, I, I, they don't. it doesn't happen anymore. Isn't it pretty much only prosecutors that can bring criminal charges? Yeah. that's, that's... Citizens can file civil lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you could file a civil lawsuit on George W. Bush for 9-11. Uh, for and you certainly can't file a criminal lawsuit unless you happen to be a prosecutor. Right. In which case... What evidence are you going to use? Well, it's melting lava in the basement and whatever all their other claims are. Well, okay, even if all those things are true, you still don't have any evidence against George W. Bush. He wasn't the one who, I mean, if, it, if it's true, and I don't believe it for a second, yeah. that there were bombs placed in the, in the World Trade Centers, as these people believe, it wasn't George Bush who put them there. You don't even know who put them there. Well, they shut the lights off one weekend. You know, you've heard their excuses. They shut, they shut down the trade centers, and that's when they went in there and laced the entire building with bombs. They've got all kinds of interesting claims. 
but they don't actually have anything to back it up. You don't have video footage of anybody setting a bomb. You don't have uh, any sort of uh, it, it, anybody checking in and out as far as, like, you, you've got nothing. You've got nothing but your conspiracy. Well, they don't have um, the ability to check you know, the logs and that kind of thing. I mean, the, if they were able to search more deeply into the... Uh, the the information, the pile of information out there. Which, of course, would uh, would require some sort of government access. Right. That would require uh, somebody in government backing you up on this, which isn't bloody likely. No. Because, again, you have to remember that, in fact, that I guess Tom, who called last hour, didn't get a chance to really get into the meat of his topic. He had originally called about the New World Order. You know, this group of the New World Order, Mark. It's a group of bankers and elite masons that control the world. And if they, and, and, and if they do, then how in the world are we going to use our court system to, to exactly. get them? Exactly. Exactly. They're not going to allow, even if there is somebody in the government who's willing to help you out on this, right? Willing mm-hmm. to give you access to the documents you need and all of that stuff. If there is a new world order, and they really are the most powerful men in the world controlling the strings of government and industry. You know, if they really are these uh, powerful guys, well, then they'll have this, this dude uh, on the inside taken out. They'll have the government guy taken out. They'll have him fired or, or worse. And so the, it's just total... It's just total fantasy on the part of these people, these conspiracy theorists. I, I can't imagine how it would come out, but um, I could sit uh, there and make an argument against libertarianism based on a very similar uh, thought process. Um, the government is going to limit itself. What, what do you mean? What do you say when you when you mean that? What do you well, mean? I mean libertarianism is about limiting libertarianism is about limiting the size of government and the slow slowing or slowing and turning around the the growth of government. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's to some extent, it's the same sort of well, sure, mission. You could, you could make the same argument. You could say that, well, if there is a new, you're presuming the new world order is for real, right? Well, in that case, the new world order will be, um, they'd be bankrupting the elections process, and they'd make it so that the, the machines are hackable and all that, and uh, libertarians will never get elected. So they'd never be able to turn the government around. But if libertarians were actually elected, and there have been some elected at city council levels and that sort of thing, then, yeah, they could do something. I mean, we're talking about running candidates here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from, and it's only going to take a few thousand votes, uh, you know, maybe 2,000 votes to turn things around here. Yeah. These are all doable things. These are all things that can actually happen. And uh, will the New World Order come in and stop us? Well, I don't know. The votes here aren't on the little uh, electronic machines. They're hand-counted ballots. So you can observe that process. You can send in vote-counting observers and make sure that the votes are counted accurately. So it seems to me like your conspiracy theory in this particular case, Mark, doesn't hold much water. Because libertarians... It's not a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying that, uh, you know... They... Well, the argument isn't the same. You know, we're looking at uh, changes that really can work. We're looking at things that really can happen. Well, I suppose... And we don't believe in their little new world order. No, I don't. Do you? I, I do not. I think that, I think that uh, international banking... Consortiums have a lot of power. Sure, they do. And I think that they have uh, interest in uh, screwing around with our economic markets. And I think that those people with all that money and power probably believe that they're better than I am. Maybe so, but I can tell you that we're off their radar. Like, if the if these international bankers are so powerful and big and evil, uh, they probably aren't paying much attention to what's going on in a little uh, city of twenty five thousand people. Not in Keene, no. Yeah, probably not. I think we're off their radar, so uh, we should be able to have a, a nice, successful election, and who knows, maybe uh, turn a few things around. So there you go. That's all. I just had to. I just had to throw it out there. It's such such futility, such a waste of effort. 
I, I feel sad when I see these people um, wasting all their time calling uh, talk what, shows. What if you believed it, though? What if I, I mean, be- believed? What if you believed that, in fact, there were bombs planted in the uh, World Trade Center and uh, that, you know, the world, uh, the new world order was, in fact, uh, trying to, I don't know, take take control of American government, and I don't... I, I don't know what to believe, but I do know, I don't know if I believe, I don't know what story I believe. I don't know if I believe any of it. I don't believe the government story, and I don't believe the conspiracy theorist story, but I think it's certainly possible that it could be a mix of two of them. So, let's say I believe something different, okay? I could believe, perhaps, that maybe there were a few interested people in government that fu- pulled a few strings, and maybe there was somebody behind the scenes that got involved in this. What's it matter? Even if I do believe that, it doesn't make a difference in what I'm fighting for. And what I'm fighting for is less government. What I'm fighting for is a, a real change that's going to make government smaller and thereby less powerful and less able to do evil things in the future. So it doesn't change my goal. 800-259-9231. And that's what I'd like to see some of these zealots, these 9-11 zealots, get a, get a life. Stop pounding the pulpit on this issue because you're not going to do anything except alienate people. You're not going to do anything except um, tick people off that are maybe a little bit more uh, a little bit more closed-minded than you might have thought they were, and then they're going to think you're a crackpot, and you might lose friends as a result of it. Possible people that might have been converted to say a pro-liberty viewpoint if you hadn't been spewing your uh, your theories all over them. And so I just I feel I feel like uh, that each one of those people is just a little tragedy in their own lives. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the email box here, and then we're going to talk about. Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi threat. Yet another conspiracy theory, apparently. The idea that Wi-Fi is hurting people. Daniel emails in. He says, I consider myself an anarcho-capitalist, but I don't believe in the validity of government. And I also, or because I don't believe in the validity of government, and I also consider myself a pragmatist in that I realize government is probably going to be alive a lot longer than I will. In fact, it'll probably be what kills me. You're right when you say it's not the votes that give government its power, it's the guns. We're not putting our power or weight behind a candidate when we vote. We're just making ourselves feel like we've done something about the problem, when really, it's all just an illusion put forward by bureaucrats to keep us from taking up arms in response to government predation. It's an insidious psychological weapon designed to subdue the part of our brains that correctly tells us that the state is an involuntary institution imposed upon the people against their will. But, you've convinced me. When I think about what you were talking about in a recent podcast, you made me realize that even though it's just a psychological weapon, it is a weapon that can be used by the side of freedom as well. I'm going to vote in my next election for whatever freedoms I can possibly get. Great. However, if I were you, I wouldn't put my hopes into that basket. Asking the government to behave is like asking the mafia to stop robbing you. Keep advocating real civil disobedience. So, there you go, Mark. Uh, you've convinced uh, at least one anarcho-capitalist to start voting. How about that? That's sweet. That's a real success. It is, really. Because it is, after all, a uh, anonymous process. You really couldn't prove whether or not... Uh, no one could actually prove whether you voted or not. More on the way, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those. And that does include the listener map. We've got a lot of listeners there, over 1,700 of them, as a matter of fact, adding themselves to said listener map. It's an international map of listeners. You can scroll around the world, see who's listening to the show or who has listened to the show. And you can add yourself to it 
at uh, map.freetalklive.com. That is map.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL, C-A-I, does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want your uh, want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. That's SACL CAI. You know, I was talking to them today, and it's it, really they've got an interesting business concept. They do, they do collections in a different way. They don't do the like the, you know, send us your money or we're going to break your legs or anything like that. They, they're pretty nice about it. Very cool. 1-800-259-9231 is our toll-free number. Let's talk about Wi-Fi. Yes, Wi-Fi. Is it dangerous? Is it evil? Should it be banned? <laughs> Could you imagine if Wi-Fi was uh, found to have been dangerous by some, uh, I don't know, some board of government people somewhere and banned? I don't think it's going to happen. But Thank over, God it's not. But some people are complaining. In fact, the BBC reporting that some schools are removing Wi-Fi networks after complaints from parents that oh, their God. children are suffering headaches in what sounds like a rerun of mobile phone radiation panic. Is there evidence for harm? But this is the way it's been. <laughs> Ever since radio waves were uh, you know, brought around, people have been suggesting you wear a tinfoil hat in order to protect yourself from the, uh, the, the radio waves. Now, yeah. these things are traveling through the atmosphere at all times. And before there were even radio stations, this was happening. That's right. And your skin bounces them off. They pass through you. Whatever, you know, whatever happens in that given circumstance is what happens. I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me, this whole shenanigans. Sitting too close to the TV, standing in front of the microwave, spending too long on a mobile phone, living under a pylon or next to a phone mast. We've always worried about what the technology around us might do to our bodies. Well, I don't, but some people are worrywarts, and I can see that, yes, they do. <laughs> now Wi-Fi is rolling out from the humble coffee shop hotspot to create swaths of wireless networks in towns and cities. But some are concerned that we don't know enough about the health effects of electromagnetic radiation, the radio waves that allow the computer network to transmit, along with long-wave FM and TV and phone frequencies. For others, headaches and skin rashes that they feel are due to the radio waves are prompting a big switch-off. The worry for parents is that children who have thinner skulls in developing systems are exposed to more gadgets and gizmos than previous generations. What might these, what might these be doing to their bodies? Mark, we should just wait on all this technology stuff. Mm. We need to do more research. We Lights. should just, yes, it, that's pretty much what this is. People who are scared of technology. And they, that's what they would like. They would like, well, let's just hold off and, uh, well, we need to do testing. Years of testing. I mean, we don't know what the long-term effects are, Mark. We should wait 50 years at least before we start releasing these scary wireless networks. These, these radio waves traveling through. I mean, this stuff isn't new. There's radio waves traveling through everything. Right. What did people times. think when they were uh, on their cordless phones in the 1980s and 90s? I mean, people jabbering on, the, not, not cell phones, cordless phones. Right. Jabbering a housewives, jabbering away all day long with their girlfriends and uh, teenage girls on their, you know, cordless phones. Why wasn't anybody upset back then? Did they just not realize that those are radios too? Well, health expert advice uh, is to limit mobile phone use among young people as a precaution. The government advises users to keep calls short. Engineer Anthony Wood, a father with two young children from Bristol, refuses to install a Wi-Fi network to link his family's three home computers. I don't like the idea of transmitting a microwave into your brain. The frequency is important, not just the power. The higher the frequency, the more energy there is in the waves. 
I think Wi-Fi waves are close to microwaves. Isn't it the, the amount of wattage, the more power that's behind it? Because not the frequency. Well, um, The frequency is just the, the size of the wave. Well, frequency matters in that uh, it's, it's the size of the wave, and it can uh, resonate with other things, depending on their size as well. But there's certainly not any, any, any evidence that that matters. But certainly wattage is the dangerous factor. Um, your microwaves operating at 1,100 watts or whatever in a enclosed, focused space, whereas your cell phone or Wi-Fi network is broadcasting in an omnidirectional fashion at a very limited wattage. Yeah, and what I mean, if the micro if the microwave works in the way that it works, I mean, it cooks things from the outside in, right? I Essentially. guess. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that's true. That tends to be the case. So why isn't my skin burning from the wi- wireless networks as opposed to my brain cooking from the inside out? He says, uh, I see no evidence to suggest they could be harmful, but it takes an enormous amount of evidence to prove anything. I don't understand the medical side very well, but I do understand the technical side, that of frequency and power. That's why I decided against installing a wireless network. Teachers have also raised concerns a staff member who develops shocking headaches after a day in the classroom might be a cliché. But this is what happened to Michael Bevington, a classics teacher at a top independent school in Buckinghamshire after Wi-Fi was installed in his classroom. I had thought, great, we can make use of it. But I started getting a series of headaches that got worse over the next few days. Pains in the joints, heart palpitations, and nausea followed, and he could tell if the Wi-Fi transmitters were on or off. Like a, That's a pretty interesting claim. Like a number of other schools, Stowe has turned off some of its transmitters. But Mr. Bevington says he's now sensitive to other sources of electromagnetic radiation, such as phones, microwaves, and fluorescent lights. He also has problems with city center hotspots and his neighbor's Wi-Fi networks. The amount of radi- uh, microwave radiation in society needs to be completely reviewed. It's making it impossible for a small number of people, he says. So this guy is claiming to be extra super sensitive to wireless, uh, to, to essentially um, radio frequencies. And, you know, he can, he can tell whether or not the Wi-Fi network is on or not. So he claims. I don't know so if that's, he claims. that's his claim. I don't I think it's been see, backed up by anybody. Right. I want to see, um, you know, a study done. Give me yeah. a double-blind study here where right. he has to uh, prove, you know, just five times. Oh, I'll give him 25 four times, times. Four times out of five yeah. to guess correctly. Mm-hmm. So we will see. But I don't, you know, there's obviously not really any information here as far as whether or not that was scientific or not. It doesn't sound like it at all. It just sounds to me like you've got a guy who wants to cash in. You know, he's mm-hmm. probably a teacher. He's not getting paid very much. They installed this wireless network. He gets a headache, and he figures, huh, he's probably got headaches before from dealing with little brats all day. Mm-hmm. And now it's the wireless network's fault. It's not my stressful career. It's not the uh, it's coffee that I'm drinking. It's the chemical problem I have and the reason I get headaches. I mean, you know, right. it couldn't be any of these things. You know, here's the, the one piece of evidence for me that is just so resounding, besides the fact that they've been doing electromagnetic field uh, tests since the 80s and haven't come up with any kind of proof, uh, is radio stations. Radio stations, be they AM or FM, cell phones are an FM uh, broadcast, be they AM or FM, people have been living and working, really living, in, in a lot of radio, radio stations throughout the country. There are houses right beneath the tower. Mm-hmm. You know, the radio owner owns that particular piece of land. Why wouldn't he build something there? Sure. 
and people live underneath these 100,000-watt FM towers. That's that, a lot these more 50, than... 50,000-watt AMs. That's right. a heck of a lot bigger That's than... That's a lot more than the half a watt that your uh, wireless network and is And they're not broadcasting at. off some little pinpoint off the top of the tower. They're broadcasting off the whole tower. Yep. The whole thing's live. 1-800-259-9231. Do you think Wi-Fi is dangerous? Are you scared about radio frequencies passing through your body? 800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, and that does include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, both of them free at freetalklive.com. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through 25th, 2007, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateprojects.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're talking about another scare. It's Wi-Fi. <gasps> you know, wireless networks mm-hmm. uh, for your computer. They are at your favorite coffee shop or uh, Panera Bread Company or wherever it is that uh, you go out and sit and drink coffee. Um, there's probably a wireless network in that building, and whether or not you know it, you you may not have been aware of it uh, unless you are a laptop user. In fact, as you walk down your neighborhood street, uh, there are probably several uh, several wireless networks in uh, that are active, um, beaming their evil radio frequency waves into your skull. As radio transmitters have been doing for decades. But no, because it's something new. Now, because it's something new. It's a different kind of radio wave somehow. People are getting upset. It's just a different frequency. People are getting scared. And the BBC is addressing the situation here. Some people are taking their wireless networks out of their home, deciding not to install (laughs) them. One teacher claims that he's sensitive, that he can tell whether the wireless network is on or off, and it's giving him headaches and all kinds of claims. Now, of course, wireless networks, and again, if you do what they call war driving, which is where you get this, uh, you get a program for your laptop, and essentially what it does is it just sort of opens its antenna and it listens for wireless networks that are around. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, do a little war driving. Drive around your neighborhood, drive around your city, and see how many wireless networks pop up on this little... uh, screen it will be one after the other and uh, they're all over the place they're in businesses they're in homes they're secure some of them are unsecure and they're all flying right through your body at all times there are millions and millions of people that are subject to wireless networks um, every single day. And that's just wireless networks. Don't right. forget all the cop cars and the uh, radio, radio towers two way yeah, two way radios sure. uh, cell phones uh, all of and these bluetooth all of these signals are penetrating your body right now. That's how radio signals work. They're just constantly going out there. Anyway, so this one's new. People are scared. Let's go to the experts. Uh, going, again, back to the BBC. Other than anecdotal, what is the evidence to suggest a risk? There's no scientific proof that Wi-Fi could cause harm. So just because some teacher in Great Britain says he's getting headaches, that doesn't mean that it's doing anything. It just means that he's getting headaches for whatever reason. 
Experimental psychologist Dr. Stacy Eliti of the University of Essex researches sensitivity to telephone masts. The 3G signal is transmitted at a frequency not far off uh, from Wi-Fi at about 2.4 gigahertz. Hence, her results, due in 2007, might hold some clues to Wi-Fi sensitivity as well. She says everyone is exposed to mobile phone masts. You can opt not to own a computer or a mobile phone, but you go to your local town center, and they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. If there are physical impacts, we can investigate what these are. The current official advice is that exposure to Wi-Fi radio waves is comparatively low. Quote, in classrooms, a typical exposure is at 20 millionths of the guideline levels, whereas a mobile phone is 50% of guidelines, says Dr. Michael Clark, health spokesman, or science spokesman, rather, for the Health Protection Agency mm -hmm. in Great Britain. So typical exposures to Wi-Fi is at 20 millionths. Yeah, there's so much math involved in that that's so minuscule compared to a cell phone that it's ridiculous. 20 minutes on a cell phone call is equivalent to a year spent in that classroom. It's a completely different level of exposure. These are non-ionizing radio waves. They're not x-rays or gamma rays or ultraviolet. It's completely different in energy terms. I'm looking outside right now, and that's electron, uh, electromagnetic radiation, visible light. Radio energies are a million times less energetic than ultraviolet light. But as people claim sensitivity to radio waves, he would welcome more research given the rapid introduction of the new technology. But currently, the more common concerns for users lie in Wi-Fi's cost, patchy coverage, and network security. As Peter Green, senior lecturer at the University of Manchester, says, quote, you wouldn't put your Wi-Fi right next to your bed, but I know more people who are turning it off. I don't think off. it would matter. No, it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't put it next to my bed because it's not a good place for it. When you're placing uh, wireless networks or uh, radio transmitters antennas, you want to have them as high up as you possibly can. Hence, the wireless network here is about at head height. It's about as high as, as I can get it. Mm -hmm. um, you run an antenna outside, and then it's going to be further away from you and even more effective. Antenna height's what it's all about. It really is all about antenna height. So there. So there's absolutely no scientific evidence whatsoever that the claims of these people have any validity at all. But if you're still scared, we'd like to hear from you. 800-259-9231, that is the toll-free number. Hey, since we're talking about wireless, and uh, I mentioned home phones, there's a pretty neat kind of consumer article here from uh, businessweek.com. In the next year, cordless phones that make Internet calls and look and perform like cell phones with photo, video, and web capabilities could jolt the market. And I think this is interesting because it seems like as cell phones have become more uh, prolific in our society, people have been shifting away from the old home phones, right? I mean, back in the 1990s, everybody had a cordless phone. If you went into somebody's house and they didn't have a cordless phone, they were weird, right? They had the old rotary dial set or something like that. Everybody had cordless phones. Right. Then cell phones came out, price packages started coming down, getting competitive even with uh, landline packages, and landline being your home phone. Right. And cordless phones sort of dropped off the radar. Yeah, they're still being made, and uh, but they really haven't changed very much in the last 10 years. I mean, the gigahertz, the spectrum that they've been operating on has changed. Some of the features of the phones have changed, but they still look like they used to. Well, that's all going to change, according to Businessweek. Not since the introduction of the cell phone has the plain old home phone been in such a been in for such upheaval. The device long used for landline calling, recording voicemails, and storing phone lists might find itself replaced. In its stead, one of the many cordless devices from makers including Netgear, the guys that make the routers, uh -huh. uh, Uniden, that's a 
old school radio uh, maker, and Thompson that let users make low-priced internet calls, view fo- uh, photos and video, as well as even browse the web. In 2007, home phones will get slimmer and sleeker, even as they bulk up in memory and processing power. They'll come to resemble cell phones in looks and personal computers and features. We've seen the changes in cell phones, and we'll see some home phones the same way, says the president of Uniden America, Rich Tosi. The advances are just coming are coming just in time. Sales of cordless phones have slumped as more people begin to rely on cell phones for everyday use, some doing away with landlines altogether. Quote, there hasn't really been a significant need for consumers to upgrade for another device uh, to another device before, says an analyst. This is a really good opportunity for hardware manufacturers. In fact, cordless phone sales declined 12%. That's a that's a pretty big di- uh, drop. Cordless phone sales? Yeah, to uh, 24 million units in, long? in 2006. It sounds like it was just a year. Wow. New features could bo- uh, boost home phone average selling prices in slow declines. One of the most popular features is likely to be the ability to place calls over the Internet as well as traditional landlines. And I think this is a pretty cool development. Today, only 1% to 2% of Americans use such phones. But it's likely to change amidst the growing popularity of services like eBay's Skype, which allows for cheap or free web-based calling. And Packet 8, our very own sponsor. Don't mention, yeah, don't forget Packet 8 and all the other VoIP providers out there. VoIP is really going to change the face of uh, the, the the telephone industry. It already Currently, is. Currently, we can sometimes tell when a long-distance call comes in via VoIP and sometimes and versus coming in via landline. Mm-hmm. But as that gets better and it will it absolutely will it's just a matter of time then it's it's oh it's things have changed landlines are going to be dead the, the only thing landlines are going to be good for is getting you internet service via dsl because all your calls are going to be placed over the uh, the internet and it's going to be like you know for instance with voip with packet aid our sponsor you can take that um, box that they give you and plug that into any internet connection in the world and it'll be like you've got your local phone line I mean, that's portability. Like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that's major competition for the old school big phone providers like Verizon and the rest of those guys. And now these new cordless phones are really going to help change the marketplace because they're going to bring it into uh, the average consumer's hands. Like right now, you know, you need to know how to plug things in here and there to get on VoIP. It's not hard, but you have to plug a few things in. This is going to make it even easier. More's on Just the way. Fast. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain in this Thursday edition. You can still take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for all your voiceover IP needs, Packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. We ask that you amp the show if you like Free Talk Live to help show your support for the show. You like the fact that we give away all the features on the website for free? Well, send us 3 bucks a month on a voluntary basis through the AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll see what we do with the money. It's not something that goes to paychecks. The purpose is to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, to get more internet listeners on board, and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty around the world. So if that's important to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. That is amp.freetalklive.com. And is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows how uh, shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That is akidsjourney.com as we go to the phones to the fun. Keith in Arizona, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Keith. Hi there, you guys. Hey. Um, I'm a radio tech for about 20 years, and I've got lots of information about radio frequency and 
Uh, if you do any Google search, you'll find tons of studies. Um, you know, when you say there's no evidence, there's actually jillions of them. Uh, I've just Googled it myself, and there's a bunch of them. Uh, if they were, you know, super dangerous, I'd be dead by now, too. So I can tell you. Well, that's you know. what I'm saying. I'm saying there's no evidence but, but, that they're dangerous. No, they're, they're, I'm sorry. You said there's no evidence that they're dangerous? That cell phones and Wi-Fi networks are dangerous? Yeah, there, there, is, there is evidence that where, they're dangerous. Where, where was the evidence? Well, just do Google. I've got a whole bunch of hits right here in front of me. Well, just because um, you find hits on Google doesn't mean there's evidence. Doesn't well, mean that you're looking done, at scientifically these, these are, done um, you studies. Can find, these you, are scientific studies where they researched the effects of different electromagnetic frequencies. And, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by them myself. I'm a musician, too, so I've got an enormous recording studio. The 60 hertz, uh, electromagnetic frequencies do affect the bodies. That's proven. And there's scientific um, research to prove that. And, and do, you, do you think the Wi-Fi networks are putting out enough uh, wattage to do that? Well, you know, you've you got to realize there's a whole bunch of factors. And the short answer is I don't think they're particularly harmful, maybe a little bit. But uh, there's, there's um, power, okay, the power equals amplitude, okay, and frequency equals wavelength. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also waveform. You know, in the old days, we... Radios were basically sine waves, which weren't particularly harmful, but the new, you know, the Wi-Fi, all the digital stuff, is essentially a square wave because they're trying to pack as much information as they can, um, you okay. know, broadband. And those, because there's so many frequencies on the carrier, uh, there's much more potential to interact. Um, I noticed uh, with the newer cell phones, with Nextel in particular, I was getting headaches using them. Uh, and some phones just seem to be different. I'm on the phone a lot, being a technician. You know, you're always on the move and doing stuff. Yeah. So do you um, have some explanation as to how people that work at radio stations day in, day out, live at the radio station all their well, life, yeah. seven days a week? Yeah, like I said, don't it, have they, they, three they heads? have some effect on the body. But, they, you know, like I said, if they were super harmful, I'd be dead or have cancer by now, and I'm fine. Right. And, you know, just because you get a headache, I mean, there's again, just because you've gotten a headache doesn't necessarily mean that it has anything to do with uh, with the cell phone. You could have just had a stressful day. <laughs> no, no, you can tell. You can tell when How? you're on the phone for a long time and you start to get a headache. And there's studies that have found well, tumors. Well, are you next... holding the phone with your neck? I mean, that might be a, a factor as well. How are you <laughs> holding the phone? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm telling you, I know for a fact. I have also know other... You know, besides all the scientific studies, which, like I said, you can look for yourself and see. There's, I mean, it's a known fact that we are an electrochemical body. I mean, our, our bodies have AC and DC sure. electricity in them. Um, and when you, the more and more frequencies we got booming around us, you know, we're saturated. And some frequencies pass right through the bodies, no problem. Uh, and some, uh, particularly in the microwave range, uh, do have effect. Now, the Wi-Fi stuff... That's up pretty high. When you start getting up in the 2 gigahertz and beyond, uh, my personal understanding is that really is, is too small a wavelength to bother you. Um, I haven't seen studies So wait, on wait, that. you're saying that Wi-Fi not a problem, too small, no big deal? Well, to my understanding... Uh, What's the frequency range that we should be concerned about? Uh, that, about 800 megahertz to about, you know, maybe 2 gigahertz. And, and again, why? the sine waves aren't as bad as the... Why because that, why that because range? Because the wavelength is about the same wavelength as our cells, uh, is the scientific information I've uh, uncovered so mm -hmm. far on that. And again, it's been in, important to me because being in this field for so long, you know, I want to know what, what I'm dealing with. I remember talking to a technician who worked on... You know, another thing about radio frequency is the power of the wave 
uh, falls off with the inverse square of the distance. And what mm-hmm. that means is if you're one foot away and then you move two feet away, it's ten times less power. Yeah, I so understand. So an antenna way on top of a hill, you know, even if it's doing a thousand watts, uh, a cell phone at half a watt is actually put it, pumping more energy into you. Well, I don't know if that's the case when it's 100,000 watts. That is the case. Uh, 100,000 watts? If I'm standing underneath a 100,000-watt antenna, uh, I don't think that's going to be putting less power into me than a half-a-watt no, cell phone. You, I said if it's up on a hill and you're, you know... Right. Yeah, well, yeah. Mark's talking but about people is, living underneath 100,000-watt antennas. You don't yeah, understand, I, though. I, radio stations are built beneath radio towers because they own that land. That's what's practical. In the country, um, you know, not, some, somewhere that's not an urban area, as a matter of fact, the radio owner lives on that land generally because that's land he owns. Right. And plus, you say there's all these studies and everything, and I'm sure there have been studies done, but obviously none of them really too earth-shattering because if so, then the BBC and all these other organizations would pick right up on it because the people, they, the news organizations love to scare people. I mean, if that was really news that cell phones were dangerous, oh, well, then they'd be reporting on it. Yeah, but you got the lobby behind the cell phones and all that. They don't want that getting a lot of news. Well, the lobby has to do with the newspaper. The lobby doesn't have anything to do with the newspaper. What you have is millions, I mean, almost a hundred, probably over a hundred million cell phone users and no real problems that you can point to. That's what you've got. But thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Where is all the, uh, where is the epidemic? I mean, if it was so dangerous, the people that spend thousands of minutes per month on their cell phone would have some sort of deleterious effects, and they don't. I don't know if he was talking about a huge danger. He was saying that it had an effect. It, well, I don't see him. I don't see it either. And nobody's reporting on it. I disagree. 800-259-9231. Going back to home phones, talking about how you're going to see a shift. It's not just going to be the plain black phone with the numbers on it mm-hmm. that you can buy right now in your, uh, in your local uh, dealer. They're going to be moving to Internet surfing on your home phone device. You're going to be able to make calls over the Internet through services like uh, voice over IP services like our very own Packet 8. In response uh, to Skype, which is uh, eBay's um, voice over the Internet protocol, I don't think eBay actually has phones out yet, but they're working on that. Uh, there, anyway, in response, Thompson and Netgear have released phones that work with Skype. Thompson's GE Dect 6.0 phone lets users see when their Skype contacts are online, get notified of messages, and place and receive calls via Skype. Better still, the phone won't interfere with home wireless fidelity or Wi-Fi networks and offers a broader roaming range than widely used 2.4 gigahertz models. Netgear's Candy Bar cell phone-like type device works over home Wi-Fi networks and can place and receive Skype calls. So essentially, you've got your buddy list right there on your phone. And you just click on your buddy if they're on their Skype phone, too. That'll connect up to them. Or you can make an outgoing call to any phone in the entire uh, the United States or worldwide. Wow. Other manufacturers are developing models that will run on both cellular and Wi-Fi networks. So imagine having a multi-purpose phone. It's a cell phone when you leave your Wi-Fi area, mm-hmm. but when you're in your home area, you're not paying for those cell phone minutes. Wow. You're on your Wi-Fi. Some of these new home phones, and imagine when you can get into a public Wi-Fi area like a Starbucks or a Panera Bread or something like that, and you're sitting there, and you can access their Wi-Fi network, so you're not spending cell phone minutes on anywhere where you have a, a Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi could kill cell phones. 
Some of these new home phones work well with other home electronics, too. Motorola's C51 system lets users connect handsets uh, like an intercom and uh, watch output from a camera, which can be used as a baby monitor. When used as a cell f- uh, with a cell phone dock, the C50, uh, C51 lets users take mobile phone calls on their home phone handsets. Next year, Motorola is due to release a home phone with a larger color screen that will be able to play videos from a digital video recorder and display photos stored on the home PC. This is what they call convergence, Mark, where uh, these different devices that we've had in the past are now all moving into one, essentially. You've got a cell phone, you've got a video player, it's an iPod, it'll play Free Talk Live, I mean, it'll get FM frequencies... Uh, it's, it's, we're going to have devices that do it all within a matter of years. You know what I think is kind of interesting is they had those video phones on the Jetsons, and nobody really wants one of those things. I mean, no, it, video phone is uh, it's, finally getting uh, it's, more popular. It's getting more popular. I think Packet 8 offers a video phone service. But, but it doesn't seem like people are really dying for this video phone service. It seems like there's all kinds of other connectivity issues that that's really a concern well, for them. Well, I think at this point we're just on the cusp of bandwidth um, to where we can actually have video oh. phones working. Like it's getting to the point where it's possible. Also, the other feature that's going to be cool about these new Wi-Fi phones is HD voice. Essentially, the old phone networks, the copper pair phone networks, crappy voice. They cut out the low end. You can't hear any ba- bass anymo- anyone's voice. Well, with the Internet, you'd be able to compress people's voices better and actually be able to hear much more crisp, clean conversations. Very cool stuff coming soon. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.